0: I'm so so grateful to be here Angela and uh, Clay and Aaron asked if Curtis and I wouldn't mind speaking and I think I I the exact words were uh, like anything for Angela I mean whatever 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 Angela needs I just just being around you like feeling the love you have for God is so inspiring so thank you thank you for letting us speak it means a lot So I was given the topic a time to be silent and a time to speak, and um, there's, there's a lot of different ways you can go with that, but there was one thing that God kept putting on my heart, and um, I, I feel like I need to share it, um, and, and I really hope it helps. Um, a few months ago, I was, at, I was at Sharky's, a Mexican restaurant, and uh, I was sitting across from one of my friends, and uh, he was sitting there with um, like his Sharky's burrito with like the the wheat tortilla, and the, and the brown rice, and the black beans, because he's just mad healthy like that, and, uh, and I had this, I don't know, like nachos or something in front of me, and I couldn't like, and I couldn't really eat, like I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't focus on my food, like I, I just didn't want to eat, I didn't really have an appetite, and, and it was because I was feeling a bunch of anxiety about ministry stuff, I was feeling a bunch of anxiety, there'd been a bunch of people that I've been studying the Bible with that just walked. It just left. And you know how hard that is when you study the Bible with someone and they just leave? It kind of feels like a breakup. You know? Like, it, it does. Like, man, I think I've cri- no, I'm not going to go there. Actually, I am. I think I've cried more about people walking away than breakups sometimes, you know? But it's just like, I felt like, what am I doing? Like, am I doing something wrong? Am I a bad leader? Am I not enough? It's this not what uh, I, I should be doing. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I want to see people baptized. I want to see people come to know God. It's not, there's not a hidden motive. It's just I, I want people to know God and the redemption and the grace that he has in store for us. And what I wanted wasn't manifesting itself. Just, just to see the ministry move. And as servants and of, as leaders of ministries, I think we can all feel this from time to time. We can uh, be going out and speaking and doing and going and going and speaking and doing and nothing seems to happen. And it can be frustrating. And Maybe it's, maybe it's my fault. Maybe it's our fault. Maybe, maybe I just need to step it up, which I still can't figure out what that means. But maybe I just need to step it up. <laughs> I've asked like a bunch of people to define it. I just I'd step it up so God can do amazing things through me. But what if God's not about stepping it up? What if he's not about doing more? What if if that's not what we're supposed to do? What if we're missing it? Because I was missing it. And there's a person in the Bible who God did amazing things through, some amazing things. And he said that there was only one thing that he wanted. Only one thing that he wanted. Let's go to Psalm 27, verse 1. Now, this is written by King David. In this context, contextually, he was in a bunch of trouble. There was just danger. There was a bunch of stuff going on. And I want to read um, four verses. Verse 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. You know, we first became Christ followers because we realized how powerless we were. We were caught. We were caught in sin. The things that we thought would bring us hope and love, whether it was our talents and our abilities and our skills, they failed to satisfy us. Success, relationships, a lot of this stuff ended up in, in, in having a broken heart. Ended up in pain. In many cases, our fears became our realities. We did things that we thought we would never do. You know, we uh, took advantage of people. We uh, overdosed, in my case. Fell into depression and anxiety. Our lives became unmanageable and out of control. And God... He came. And then we found God. I mean, He found us. But then we finally turned to Him. And Jesus came and He saw us in that pit that we were in and He pulled us out. He, he loved us too much to let us sit in that shame. And He restored us to, to sanity and to peace of mind and to hope. He became your light, your stronghold. And out of His grace, He gave you salvation. And because of His grace... You went out and spoke. You told people about how good it is to be in a relationship with God. You started to do things. And you started to do more and more and do and do and more and speak and talk and go and go and go. And this is where we get caught. This is where you get caught. Sometimes our continual doing and going, it keeps us from being connected from God. Sometimes our, our continual doing, it keeps us from hearing God. Now you become more obsessed with the cause than your creator. Become more obsessed with your goals than the grace of God. Become more overwhelmed with the ministry than the majesty of God. Because we want to do good. Because we want to offer people hope. Because we want to offer people the redemption that we found in Jesus Christ. We want to please God. We want to plan amazing reach out events so people can have just an opportunity to love God and to feel His love. Is it bad that we're doing these things? No, it's not bad. But a healthy ministry that sustains, it's not built by doing. A healthy ministry that sustains and lasts forever is built and it flows out of intimacy with our love for God. In this passage, David could have been caught up in the cause. He could have asked to be delivered from harm because he was in a pretty sticky situation. He could have asked for God to just smash his foes. But he only seeks one thing. There's one thing, and it's in verse 4. And we only need to seek one thing. Let's look at verse 4. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. One thing I ask. One thing I ask from the Lord. To gaze on the beauty and to seek Him in His temple. You know what my friend told me in Sharky's? He said, fall in love with God again and watch what he does. Fall in love with God. Get caught up in his unconditional love and his grace and watch what he does. Which was weird because that required me to be silent. And sometimes being silent is scary. Sometimes we're busy because we're scared that God won't come through. We're scared because we want to impress the people around us. But I had to be silent you know, he was right. I, I, I approached God, a father, a great friend, and fell in love with him all over again. And the ministry began to grow in ways that I couldn't imagine. Think about all the good stuff that's happened in your ministry. Did you plan any of those? Like the really amazing things, did you have anything to do with those? Or was it just God doing his thing? It was God doing his thing. And I fell in love with God, and God brought Rasan. God brought Kenya. God brought Nahani. God brought Chris. He brought people. We didn't have to do anything. We didn't have to go and go and go and do and do and do and get caught up in the craziness of the ministry. We just had to sit and be silent before God. There's one thing, and that's to be in the presence of God, and that's it to be with God and to enjoy Him. You know, when you gaze on something incredibly beautiful, you're silent. Sometimes something is so beautiful, the only response is absolutely nothing. You know, if you will learn for a time to put aside the work and simply bask in the goodness and the grace of God, your ministry will thrive in a way that you've never seen. And and, and this is a promise. We'll be talking a year from now, and I know you fall in love with God because love is infectious. And how does he fulfill the trust of this dependence? Send us Holy Spirit. And Curtis is going to come up in a few minutes and talk about the Holy Spirit. And as we talk, as we walk and rely not on our talents, but we'll see the Spirit work and we'll feel a heavenly peace that we never thought was possible. God will do things. He'll bring more Rasans, more Kenyas, more Nahanis, more Clays, more Sides, more people to be a part of this family. I mean, imagine what it's going to be like if each one of us, I don't know how many people are here, maybe 75? What if it was our goal not to build a ministry, and I'm not not down on that, but not to build a ministry, but to fall deeply and and madly in love with God. And at that point, you're not going to have a problem speaking. There's a girl that I'm dating. I love her very, 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 very much. I don't have a problem talking about her. It's very easy. Because I love her, because I love her, in my heart, it just overflows. And what's going to happen when you're silent and when you're still? God's going to come to you in that secret quiet place and he's going to fill you. And as you pray, you're going to send waves into the spiritual realm. And as you sit there in silence and just fall in love with God, you're going to see him do things that you could have never done, that we could never do by ourselves. Imagine... What it would be like if everything we did was just about loving God more. You know, I don't want you to get lost in the unconditional love of God and watch Him speak into your ministry like you've never seen. With that, I'm going to call up Curtis Reed.